In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what his body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Greetings, folks, and welcome to Good News for the City, the radio broadcast ministry partnership between WABA Radio and One Heart DC, right here on Life Changing Talk Radio, 105.1 FM, WABA. My name is Dennis Williams, and I'm director of ministry for WABA Radio, and I want to welcome you to today's broadcast. Well, folks, I'm, I'm, we've gotten to know you over the last three years on the air, and I'm pretty certain that this does not apply to, to you, to anybody listening today, but just let me ask for the heck of it. Um, do you ever find yourself stressed, mm. overcommitted, wondering if one day will ever become today? Well, our guest today knows how that feels, and he's written a book to encourage you. In it, he breaks down the details behind the habits that helped him write 20 books. Dude, I'm worn out even thinking about writing 20 books. Um, he also illustrates his points with stories from the Israelites to Joseph Merrick to Elon Musk and many, many more. And again, hey, you know the drill. Of course, to get us going here, to get us started, to introduce our guest for today is my good friend, my co-host of Good News for the City, Pastor Brian Bale, Senior Pastor of Christian Fellowship Church. Brother, it is really good to see you, man. Hey, good to be seen as well. And we find ourselves here on this weekend after Easter. And, and in my life, I don't know if it's true in your life, Dennis, there are some, some big points in, in our calendar. Sometimes it's Christmas. Sometimes it's New Year's. Easter is a huge one, obviously, because of the oh, gospel. Wow. But what I'm talking about is sometimes those big points in our calendar, they really hit us and we decide, ah, that has reminded me, I need to make a change. I need to do some <laughs> things a little bit differently in light of that. And especially in light of the truth of the gospel and last weekend, some people might be thinking, all right, how do I engage my life a little bit more effectively in that way? And, and that's why I'm excited to have Mark Batterson with us today. Uh, if you don't know who Mark is, let me take a moment to let our listeners know who he is. He's the lead pastor of National Community Church in Washington, D.C. It is one church with multiple locations. Uh, they own and operate many different uh, types of things. Ebenezer's Coffee House, which I've sat in many, many times. Uh, anytime I'm in D.C., I do that. Enjoy the coffee there. The Miracle mm-hmm. Theater and the D.C. Dream Center. Uh, NCC is currently even developing a city block into what's called the Capital Turnaround. It's 100,000 square, square feet of space, which includes an event venue, a, a child development center, a mixed-use marketplace, and even a co-working space. Mark holds a Doctor of Ministry degree from Regent University, and he is a New York Times bestselling author. As you've already mentioned, Mark, he's authored 20 books, including some that I am imagine a lot of our le- readers have heard of and read. The Circle Maker, In a Pit with a Lion and Snowy Day, Wild Goose Chase, Play the Man, Whisper. And he recently released a book called When the Day, to which we're going to talk about uh, on this show. Mark and his wife, Laura, have three children, uh, and they live in Washington, D.C., in the Capitol Hill area. Mark, thanks for joining us on the show today. Hey, it is a joy and privilege uh, to be with you and uh, look forward to seeing where our conversation takes us. Yeah, for those. By the way, Brian, I just got to jump in real quick, man. Mark, I do not want to suck up any more than I already have, brother. But all those books my brother Brian mentioned, I have read, man. Are you kidding me? This dude's a great author, guys. Well, I guess Uh, that should lead me to a confession then, Mark. Uh, 
So anyone who knows Mark and been around him knows he's often very generous in handing his books out. He offered a copy uh, for us who were uh, interviewing him on the show, but I'd already had a complimentary copy on some list I was on of yours that you already sent. <laughs> and so Mark, it showed up at my house and I was like, hey, I got you know Mark's new book and my wife was so excited that she stole it. And uh, <laughs> she is almost through with it, but I've only got a chance to skim it. So uh, I have to be truthful. I was uh, interviewing my wife a little bit earlier on to say, hey, could you help me out on some stuff that normally I would have read all of it? But I, I love it, Brian. You know what that means? That means that your wife is uh, once again, is a step ahead of you. Well, yeah, that's truthfully. The only time that she's not been a step ahead of me in our lifetime is when she chose to marry me. Other than that, she's always been in front of me. Um, but. It. You talk about some habits in this book that Dennis has already referred to. And uh, the first habit that you mentioned is uh, I love just how you title it. It helps people, I think, remember things a little bit easier. You call it flip the script where you're talking about letting uh, your past be buried. Uh, I think if you were a person who's ever listened to The Lion King, uh, Pumbaa says, let your past be in your behind, I think is what he says, something like that. For those of us who've had young kids at some point. But when you say flip the script, what do you mean by that? Yeah, and Brian, we won't ask you to sing that song from. We'll it would not it be there. a Hakuna Matata, a wonderful day if I was yes. singing. Let's just say yes. that. Yeah, well, it's uh, the first of seven habits, and mm -hmm. if you want to change your life, you have to change your story. Now, in cybernetic theory, two kinds of change. First order change is behavioral. It's doing something more or less. And that certainly can really help, you know, if, if you're trying to uh, lose weight, for example, uh, eating less and exercising more is probably a step in the right direction. But second order change is conceptual. It's uh, in a sense, it's changing the stories that we're telling ourselves. Now, it's about 60,000 thoughts a day that fire across our synapses. Uh, for what it's worth, Cleveland Clinic said 80% of them are negative. And so I would say, Houston, we have a problem. That's like, right. We've, we've yeah, got yeah. to get the head space and the heart space right. And so it's the first of seven habits, but I would say flipping the script is probably uh, the most challenging, but it's where we need to start if we want to win the day. Yeah, and I think there's some some scriptural basis behind this uh, that talks about this idea of renewing of your mind and the story that we tell ourselves. Uh, I'm I'm amazed how early that starts. Right, uh, you don't have to wait till you know we're of a certain age. We won't mention our age, especially Dennis, because you know Dennis has us by a few. But you yes, know I, how early that <laughs> starts. I mean. Uh, you know, I have, a, you know, one kid is who's uh, not very old and it's much easier for him to have a script in his head, even though he's grown up in a Christian home where we speak his identity into him, that he is a son of God and perfectly loves him, unconditionally accepts him and always protects him. So he doesn't have to fear or perform things we say over him all the time. Mm -hmm. Yet how easy it is to have that story playing in his mind, because culture is always pushing it. The people around them who haven't flipped the script is, is always pushing it. So it, it does start there. And I love that. But then you go into sort of habit number two. And again, I, I love these titles. I'm just going to probably say that several times. You call it kissing the wave. Uh, and that is really something that lots of us struggle with. And that is really facing our suffering, mm. facing our trials, why is this something that can't be avoided if we're going to win the day? Why is it critical? Yeah, let's uh, we'll go ahead and define kiss the wave. But let mm -hmm. me add one simple thought to flip the script, because I, I think it's critical. 
Um, yeah. I think over time, I have a couple of theories. Over time, your favorite scripture becomes the script of your life. Mm. And we have a unique advantage as Christ followers that we understand this meta narrative. In fact, what, what happens is we give complete editorial control to the author and finisher of our faith. Yes. And then God begins to write his story through us. But, you know, Brian and Dennis, I feel like scripture is our script cure. And so I just can I toss it back before we talk about kiss the way. Sure, absolutely. And, you know, my favorite scripture is Ephesians 2.10. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works prepared for us in advance. Now, if that doesn't give you a sense of holy confidence, I don't know what will. Mm -hmm. um, I am curious, do, do either of you have kind of a life verse or favorite verse? Because I think it's a critical part of your script. Yeah, that's interesting to bring that up. So anyone who uh, is a part of Christian Fellowship Church would most likely tell you this because it's what I end just about everything with. And it's just one more chapter over in Ephesians. And it's the benediction at the chapter three. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power, not our power, that's at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And I really took that in my life because I realized there was so much about my life I was trying to do out of my power. I was trying to do out of my strength. And certainly no wonder I had such a small, limited view of God uh, over and over. Dennis, uh, what about you? Yeah, I, I was thinking of that, man. I, and I, this is a long time ago, like Brian said, because I'm 104. So I'm older than you guys, but no, um, first Corinthians nine sixteen it talks about, um, woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. I felt, um, why is that important? Well, I'm glad you asked. Um, it's important because I felt, I have never felt so secure in something as my call to ministry mm. and, and, and preaching the gospel was my, in the Greek, my enanke, my necessity. I have to do this. So, um, that one was mine. Mm. We got to be careful here. We got three pastors pining together. We only got 24 minutes and we can right? take this all up together. Yeah, right? No doubt. No, no doubt. but I, I'm going to steal that, Mark. I'll footnote you and let you know. I think that's a great example of <laughs> when you look at that, that that's the story you're playing in your head. Very much yeah. so. Yep. Well, uh, let me take a crack at the question you asked about about four minutes ago. Right, Something Brian? like that. Yeah, we'll go back to kiss the wave. Um, it's fine. Yeah. It's a conversation. So habit number two, kiss the wave. Uh, and, you know, both of you have probably heard this, this Charles Spurgeon uh, quote that I have learned to kiss the wave that throws me against the rock of ages. Mm -hmm. uh, wow. The, wow. the habit number two is, is the obstacle is not the enemy. The obstacle is the way. All of us know people who have been following Christ for 25 years, but they don't have 25 years of experience. They have one year of experience repeated 25, 25 times. times yes. And so yes. we've got to learn the lesson. We've got to cultivate the character. We've got to curate the change from those experiences because otherwise we're so anxious to get out of tough circumstances that we never get anything out of tough circumstances. And then we wonder why we're stuck. And, and so uh, this one, uh, you guys, is really, really personal right now. I'm so proud of my wife because this uh, uh, this past week, she rang the bell at Washington Hospital Center, 21 days of ra radiation after a second bout with mm -hmm. cancer. And, mm -hmm. and we're on the other side. We're doing well. But I'll tell you this. We, we have been kissing the wave in the Batterson family. And uh, she read a piece of poetry, and I'll just throw this out there because this is going to be meaningful to, to listeners. When she got her first diagnosis, read a piece of poetry that posed a question, and the question was this, what have you come to teach me? Mm. 
And that's a hard question to ask, ask when you've been diagnosed with cancer, but yes. you cannot do an end around, uh, you know, even Jesus said in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. So I think I, I love that Stockdale paradox. You confront the brutal facts with unwavering faith. So this, this is kind of where we've been living in recent weeks and months in our home. We have been kissing the wave. Yeah. And it's such a wonderful reminder when Jesus talks about that in John 17, like in this world, you have, you have trouble. It, it's his last sermon he's given to the disciples and it's not a hype sermon, right? A lot of us would think that it, the last thing we say with this hype sermon and he's no, he's saying, this is the reality that we have this side of eternity, but take heart. You know, I've not left you alone. I, you will, you know, I've overcome the world. That's, that's phenomenal. And thank you for being vulnerable. And thank you for sharing that. Because I think there's this temptation as well, that oftentimes for people who are authors, also pastors, or people that would deem with an, an earthly definition of success, I know you define it differently from scripture than how a lot of people do. And I don't want to put you in a box with that. But oftentimes they think, hey, they're writing through something that they've not had to experience. They're, they're writing from a place of not of empathy of being in that moment, but sympathy toward it. And I think that that makes this connection really well for those who are listening and say, yeah, but Mark doesn't know what I'm going through. His family doesn't know what I'm going through. Yeah. Well, Brian, I appreciate that perspective. And uh, you, you and I both know pastors are not immune to any and every uh, temptation, yeah. uh, tragedy, struggle. I, I have got bumps and bruises. I have scars, uh, physical scars, emotional scars. Um, you know, I, I, right now, one third of Americans say that they're anxious or depressed. Yeah. 60% say they're experiencing stress on a daily basis. 71% angry and 66% afraid. Okay. <laughs> we, we are all past our pay grade these days when you covid crisis racial tension political polarization mm. none of us is immune to any of it and, and now we're in this culture where everyone is baiting and trolling and shaming and if we ever needed an extra measure of grace it's right now but can yeah. i just declare god's word over us right now his Amen. grace Amen. is sufficient his grace is sufficient for this moment for your life and I don't know about you, but when it comes to win the day, my, my day starts with this reminder that his mercies are new every Amen. morning. And for that, I am so grateful. Yeah, Amen. that's yeah. This, we, we could just uh, just extend, ex, expand the show to probably 48 minutes and we're still going <laughs> to not have enough time to, to talk about these great things. You know, you have this also uh, let's talk about habit number three. Uh, there's a fitness center near me called Eat the Frog. And uh, some people might know what that means, some people not. I don't think you mean it the same way they do. Uh, so what do you mean when you talk about that? And how do you do something like that? Yeah, well, it's a fun play off of something Mark Twain said. Uh, he said, if you ever have to eat a live frog, do it first thing in the morning. Then you'll know that the hardest thing is behind you, which is ridiculous and hilarious. And so, Dennis, I can see you're just trying to compose yourself after uh, after that, that illusion. But uh, it's a simple idea that if you want God to do the super, you have to do the natural. Uh, you can't just pray like it depends on God. You have to work like it depends on you. Mm -hmm. It's this wonderful commission, this tag team. And uh 
And I think it's a critical habit, especially when it comes to how you begin the day. You know, I love that balance that you're talking about, because I think there's this temptation to think that our spiritual development uh, works different than our physical development when God created both of those things and that there's there's this part in it. Very rarely, even though I think there's been a few times I've wanted to order the miracle pill off the infomercial that says, you know, I could just take this and, you know, lose the 15 pounds I've been trying to lose for a while. Do we really think that works? But we do. We approach our spiritual lives and our growth and our our just our all kinds of growth. Even people who are listening to this are like, I don't even want to apply this to my spiritual life. I just want to apply this to my professional life, which we know those are, those are kind of the same thing too, but that's for a different talk at a different time. So I love that. Now you mentioned something interesting because it's a bit of a paradox. Many people would think, okay, you've written 20 books. You must really love to write books. This is your strength. Uh, Now I I have a little insight from you uh, from a common friend that we both have Mike mentor. uh, And he says, he's never seen you go anywhere without a journal. Uh, and that, so you're always writing something down. So uh, maybe that's key to it. But how would you encourage someone who has, a, for lack of a better term, is feeling a calling or moving to do something, but there's an obstacle there because you don't think it's your strength? Yeah. Well, let, let's have a little bit of fun with this. Um, wh- wherever you are listening to this, unless unless you're driving, then let's keep the hands at ten and two. That's but, right. Uh, take take a peek at your strong hand. Now, for me, it's my right hand. It, it symbolizes the gifts that God has given to me. And God wants to use that strong hand, but now take a peek at that weak hand. Uh, The weak hand, things don't come naturally. It's harder to use. It's uncomfortable. But the last time I checked, God's power is made perfect in weakness. And sometimes God wants to use you at the place of weakness. Well, what what does that have to do with writing? Well, as you alluded to, Brian, I'm 22 years old. I feel called to write, but I take a, an assessment at 22, a graduate assessment that shows a low aptitude for writing. In other words, whatever you do, don't write books. Do not inflict that on the world. And uh, aren't you grateful that God doesn't just call the qualified? He qualifies the called. Yeah. And, and so I, I read 3,000 books before I wrote one. And, and part of it was, I I just reverse engineered them. I knew it wouldn't come naturally. I knew I would have to work really hard at it, but in, to me, that's how I ate the frog. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, it's the 10,000 hour rule, right? That you got to put in the time and effort and then you add God's anointing to it. And his anointing is the difference between the best you can do and the best God can do. And now it's game on. Yeah, actually, right now, as we're doing this interview, I just screenshotted because I think people need to see the pile of books that are behind you. You're like, you look like you're in McKay's used bookstore in uh, Manassas right now behind you of all the things you surrounded you with. Now, hey, by again, the way, Brian, by the way, Brian, I journal every single day because of Mark Batterson. And that's no lie because I read and I can't remember if you said it, Mark, or if I read it in one of your books, I don't remember. But something about the, the shortest pencil is longer than the longest memory. And so yeah. even my little bitty pencils, man, I, <laughs> I love it. And I, I, I may have pulled that from a, a guy named uh, Benjamin Franklin. Yeah. <laughs> he, he may, he may have said it first, but he's, uh, he's some pretty good source material there. I mean. yeah. 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 Hey, could we, could we just challenge listeners right now? Cause I think sometimes you can listen to something and you know, what's the takeaway or what's mm-hmm. the, you know, I, I think, um, 
Second Corinthians 10, five, take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. One way you do that is by journaling. And I think it could be a gratitude journal. I think it can be a, a prayer journal, a dream journal. Um, in fact, uh, while we're on that note, and since we already talked about flip the script and it's becomes rather obvious that we're not going to get through all seven habits, right? Um, I can turn a complainer into someone who's grateful for anything if they're willing to commit to a daily gratitude journal where they write it down and you do that 30, 40, 60 days in a row, it will flip the script. It will do it. You will go from a person who is noticing anything and everything to complain about. Can I say that? Am I allowed Mm -hmm. to say that? To someone who is really able to see and acknowledge the things that they're grateful for. Yeah. Well, you're right. We're not going to be able to get through all the habits. There, there are great ones like fly the kite, cut the rope, wind, wind the clock, not wind the clock. Apparently, I'm not able to read today and <laughs> seed the clouds. All of those are great. And, and trying to pick which one to talk to. I feel a little bit, Dennis, like someone's asking me to pick my favorite kid because they all have some really great things to, to yes, unpack. Yes. But I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit in on something, um, and it's just the next habit. It's called fly the kite. And you're talking about Luke 16, verse 10. He who is faithful and little will be faithful in much. How can we make the most of what many of us would say are the mundane things of life? Because we have this tendency to think that life is going to happen someday. But as someone much wiser than me said, life often is happening right in the mundane and the daily. And we miss it. How can we make mm-hmm. the most of that? Right. I mean, we all know people who say, when I make more, I'll give more. Yeah. Yes. Well, I love you, but I'm not buying what you're selling. Because if you aren't generous with a little bit of time, with a little bit of treasure, it's going to be harder when you have a lot of it. Um, So, uh, you know, fly the kite, pretty simple principle. If you do little things like they're big things, God's going to do big things like they're little things. Now, we don't have time. I really want to tell the story about how the the first uh, suspension bridge was built over the Niagara Gorge, but we'll, te- we'll tease it. Good to tease. Say that yeah, a, nice. uh, a, a kite flying contest had something to do with it. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Mm-hmm. And so maybe I can reverse engineer that in, in a interesting way. And I'll combine a couple of, of habits. Uh, I, I eat the frog with the daily Bible reading plan. And by the way, I have it stack it. I, I office right above our coffee house on Capitol Hill, Ebenezer's. And so I get a small latte, two shots, uh, because the Bible reads even better with caffeine. And, uh, and I do my daily Bible reading plan and I'll read through a fresh copy of scripture. I try to do it every year. Why? So that I have enough Bibles for my kids and, and someday, Lord willing, grandkids uh, to be able to give um, as a, an heirloom, so to speak, because my grandfather's Bible is one of my most prized possession. And, and so I'm thinking about how he ate the frog, read, read that Bible verse by verse, lived it out. And then the net result was this this Bible that I treasure now, seeing the verses he underlined, seeing the things that he wrote in the margin. So bottom line, don't get overwhelmed by what you want to accomplish over the next year or two or 10. Can you do it for a day? Can you do it for a day? That really is the message behind win the day. And I've never had anybody say that they can't do it for a day. Mm -hmm. And so um, a lot of, a lot of potential within 
that little promise. Yeah. And with that, Dennis, you know, I can't wrap it up any better than we just did. So I'm going to stop talking and give it to you. Right. Man, I'm telling you. Wow. Um, did we really do 24 minutes, Brian? Was that what it was? I think it Yeah, did. it went fast. Um, it seems like about three, but anyway, hey, Brother Mark, God bless you, man. It's so fantastic to see you. Thank you so much. Hey, folks, you can get a hold of Mark in a lot of different ways um, at, at the church, national.cc, um, at Instagram, Mark Batterson, at Mark Batterson, Twitter, at Mark Batterson. You know his name. Go there, find him. You know the books. Um, dude, it's just so great to have you um, to be here. Thank you so much for giving us a little bit of your time. God bless you. Uh, folks, if you want to hear it again, and I would urge you to do so, go to goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com, and you can listen to it again. Or if you want to know more, um, you can give me a call at the radio station, 703-807-2266. That's 703-807-2266. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you again next week, folks. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership, movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of Good News for the City, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.